Hey everyone, it's Tony. It's David. And we're two dudes. Two dudes talking Disney. There we go. Yeah. Two dudes talking Disney, still socially distanced. That's it. Three and a half years after the pandemic starts, we're still socially we're, distanced. It's two weeks to flatten the curve, or two, three years apart. Yes, yes, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. We always do. So, how are you? I'm good, pal. How are you? Good. What's going on? Nothing. Living we the promised. Dream. We promised people we'd be back uh, with more shows in 2023. Yes, I mean and this then, is more shows than 2022, right? This probably is this. This is show two or three. Uh, so yeah, we're on pace to do at least six shows this year. That's it. We got to step those. Those are rookie numbers, Tom. We got to pump them up. Uh, we're we're trying. Yeah. Uh, so we we decided to to get on and and talk with each other because uh, there's a lot of news uh, coming out of Disney recently. A lot of it related to 2024, yeah. uh, and Disney announced last week that the 2024 packages would be going on sale at the end of May, on May 31st, and you can start booking your travel for January 9th and 2024 later on that date, and uh, there's uh, very big news around that because they are removing the park reservation requirements for date-based tickets. Uh, Tone, I would like to back up and say, if I was interested in booking a 2024 Disney vacation. How would I go about doing that? Yes, you could reach out to me at uh, Tony Bonasso, T-O-N-Y-B-U-N-O-S-S-O, at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Thanks, oh, Dave. Look at, shameless plug. Thanks for the plug. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the theme park reservation requirements, which we've had since uh, the return, since the parks reopened after COVID, um, we've all had to make park pass reservations. And, you know, for me, it's never been a problem. There's been availability for the most part. Um, there are certain days where certain parks get busier than others. But if you book far enough out and you make your reservations, um, you know, I've never been denied entry to any park that I've tried to get into. How about you? Uh, we had one day when we were down there, we tried to switch to a different park and we were boxed out. But we went to the front desk of the resort and they moved us right in. No problems. Mm hmm. Other than that, that's it. I, I I have no knowledge of any days right. that we were blocked out. And I don't really know anyone either that was like, oh, I couldn't get the days. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, you know, it was another thing in the pandemic, right? I, I was scrolling through my photos the other day because we were there the day that the masks came off. If you remember, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a joyous day in the uh, Boardwalk Resort that morning. Right. I think but it was the, it, week, the week after we were there. Yes. Yeah, it was right after you guys were there. And uh, it, it just, you know, now it just looking back, it, it, it seems like it was so crazy and silly. But, yeah, the the park pass system, I would say it's probably one of the more controversial uh, Disney choices. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Between that and the park hopping after 2 p.m. Yes. That and getting rid of Mr. Toads. I still think <laughs> there's a if I remember correctly, there's a Facebook page for that one. Yeah. And, and they're still, I think, trying to gather signatures to, uh, yes, to stop to that. Yes, to keep it. So um, they tried it for 20,000 leagues under the sea, but people just couldn't hold their breath that long. Right. Um, so if you're visiting a park next year uh, and you are a Walt Disney World guest and you have a date based ticket, which means you've purchased a package uh, and, you know, you're staying on site at a resort, uh, then you no longer have to worry about um, about the park pass reservations uh, system. So that is good. The park passes will still be around for non dated tickets. 
uh, and they they may be required uh, reservations to help them manage attendance. Um, but uh, you know, by and large, the reservation system's gone, which is it's good. It is good. It's good for everyone. But I have you know I have some friends and work in the park, and one of them works in food and beverage, and he was actually telling me that they like the park reservation system. Mm-hmm. Because they could order the anticipated needs based on the reservations. Okay. So, you know, I know he's probably not happy with it because his job will just get a, that much harder. Right. But I, again, that might have been it. <laughs> you know, the it, it was, it was, a, I don't know. It's getting so confusing to take a Disney trip with all the little nuances. I'm glad that they're starting to, to lighten up. Right. The, right. Um, well, we know last year they uh, eliminated the overnight parking fee at the resort, which was a nice thing. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they are going to start giving some perks to annual pass holders and cast members in 2024. Uh, and the first one that they've announced is good to go days, uh, which are these days where uh, annual pass holders are not going to need a park reservation. You know, there's there's one of those things, you know, we just mentioned that we're getting rid of park reservations. Unless you're an annual pass holder, then because those tickets are undated, they still need to know when you're going to go. Um, But uh, you are going to have good to go days, which are going to be days on an ongoing basis where if you're an annual pass holder and you show up and you don't have have a reservation, they'll let you in. Yeah, which is good. I mean, you know, we've been an annual pass holder. I mean, God, we've been for 20 years now. And it's it's you know, it's nice to have the pass because it's a different way to do Disney. You know, Mm -hmm. I literally was just having a conversation with somebody about the perks of being a pass holder and how you can come and go as you please. It's, it's a lot less stressful. It's much more, you know, happy go lucky way of visiting the park. If you roll in the gate and there's a ginormous line for Casey's and you really wanted a hot dog, you could leave and come back. Like it doesn't bother you. So I I think this is going to be good for the pass holders. You know, the poor cast members, the fact that the cast members have to go through this to, to go to the park is, you know, to me, it's absurd. Uh, I remember when we were younger and, you know, a cast member would show up with, with as many family members as they wanted and push mm-hmm. through the gate, no problems. And, and I think that's one of the biggest perks that working in Disney, they cut back on where the, the passes, and, uh, you know, as someone who benefited from that a lot, I, right. uh, I, I just think you know, it's for the people that are working there and it's, it's taking care of your own people and supporting the, the organization and the people who, who make the magic happen. It, right. it just always blows my mind how, you know, they had to have a reservation system too. Right. Hey, but they're getting Disney Plus <laughs> as one of their perks these days. So Yes, yeah. Um, the, the other big thing for uh, annual pass holders is that during the weekdays, uh, if you go to the theme parks after 2 p.m., you don't need a park reservation so correct you know once again like you said it's a different world for an annual pass holder because you can sleep late you can go into the park ride one ride and go back to your resort you know as long as you make eight visits to uh, i think it's eight visits uh equals the cost of your annual annual pass or thereabouts um you know and and if you use that then it's then it's a wash and then anything is just extra so uh we just bought our first annual pass this year uh, and and Cheryl is the annual pass holder, so uh, we are we are waiting to activate it for a couple of months, and then we will be one of those families that you know just goes in for an hour or two and goes back to the resort. Yeah, it's uh, 
you have to forget about the hourly meeting of annual pass holders where we stand there and watch the the non-pass holding peasants walk mm-hmm. by and laugh and laugh at them. Yes, yes. Um, and you you did mention to me that there are some new uh, annual pass holder perks coming. Yeah, this they year. they just announced that they're bringing back what they call the VIP pass holder, which it cracks me up because when you look at it online, you know the VI the P is the first P in pass holder. Okay. So it looks like VIP and then pass holder. I don't know if you can say it because we're PG, but it's VIP holder and it, it just looks so funny. But uh, they hinted at our new magnet. You know, one of the fun perks of spending almost a grand on a Disney pass is that you get a magnet, a, uh, a nine dollar magnet, a nine dollar magnet. And you get one per household, not for pass holder. Right. So there's a new one coming out and they they, you know, horrifically hinted to see if there's a spark of imagination of who it'll be. So it looks like it's going to be a figment one. Pass holders will also have a limited time exclusive space to rest off and cool with dedicated seating. It doesn't say where what park. Uh, they're also going to enjoy discounts on select merchandise and dining locations across the Walt Disney World Resort and some of the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. Uh, Outdoor kitchens, which, you know, mm-hmm. big fan of that. Right. Uh, and then there's going to be some new pass holder exclusive treats available. And then finally, there's going to be two limited time photo opportunities. Oh. So, uh, you know, in the past, like they had one over in uh, Hollywood Studios and Star Wars land where it looked like you were with a stormtrooper. Um, you know, and they, they used to have those. Remember, I mean, I always fondly remember the days of Star Wars weekends. But they used to have them in Star Wars weekends, too. They had, mm-hmm. You'd go, you know, stand in front of a, a green screen and they'd uh, superimpose you in. OK. So I don't know if they're going to be those or if they're going to be like actual character. Because, you know. Right. But the thing that we were, you know, in the, the show before the show, I guess you'd call it, when Tony and I are setting up the what we're going to talk about. The funny thing is, is that it's it's June is when it's happening. And, it's you know, here we are mid-May. Right. So and, and I no don't word. know. Right. I don't know when they're going to give us the details, but, you know, stay tuned. Probably by the next time we make a video. Yeah. It happened. I was going to say in typical Disney fashion, they'll give it to you on June 20th and it'll be for one night on June 24th. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that. Those are the pass holder. Uh, That sounds like some fun, some fun stuff coming down the pike for you guys. Yes. Um, You know, uh, you guys go a lot. Um, You've got a couple of little kids. And uh, a lot of people are excited about the fact that the dining plans or or some of the dining plans are coming back next year. Yes. And, you know, that was one of the big uh, losses of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. the dining plan. And, you know, for us, uh, we I don't think the dining plan is worth it anymore. And I know, you know, I hate to be the cynical David, but when the dining plan first came, it, it was a good deal. You you definitely. To me, you you definitely saved the money. Right. But then it was originally, if you remember, it was, you know, appetizer, main course, dessert. Uh, I, I believe originally tip was included. It was. And, yeah. and then they ditched the tip. They they made it either uh, appetizer or dessert. Right. And it, to me, it's at the point now that it, it they've cut so much of it that it's not worth it. Right. And uh, well, I, yeah, not only have they cut. But they've increased the price. Correct. Over the years. Um, and, you know, I, I will agree with you that 
you know, the, the dining plan isn't always the right option. It can be a decent option. Correct. Um, the, the two plans that they're bringing back, they're bringing back the quick service dining plan, uh, which is uh, two quick service meals and um, a snack. And I believe you also get the uh, beverage cup at your resort. At your resort. And and then they are bringing back what they call the Disney dining plan, just to make it confusing, uh, which is the one table service, one quick service, one snack, and one drink uh, beverage cup uh, per person. We don't know if what the pricing is going to be. If you're go ahead. budgeting, if you're budgeting for a trip, the dining plans I think are a must. You know, if you're a family who's who's really dollar conscious and you you want to you know have a good budget and stick to it then I agree with the dining plan because you've paid for your meals before you've gone. Yes. And it's uh, the cost is there. You know what it is. You paid it. You're good to go. Uh, you know, me, I like to fly by the seat of my pants. Right. So I'm not a big fan of the dining plan anymore. Now, you know, travel agent Tony, who is a lot different than, than Tony <laughs> himself, uh, travel agent Tony uh, looks at it for his guests. You know, if if the dining plan costs, let's just say seventy five dollars for an adult. I just I want to cut you off for one second. Yes. You know, you know the the green visor that like in the movies when the the like the card dealers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need to get you one of those. And every time you say travel agent Tony, you have mm-hmm. to put the green visor on to let us know that you mean business. <laughs> That's right. Um. No, travel agent Tony, you know, it's always about the cost savings for my guests. And in my world, you know, I can sell the dining plan to you and earn commission on it. But my philosophy is if it's set, let's say, let's just throw a number out there and say it's $75 for an adult for the dining plan. If you are, if you are going to eat $75 and one cent worth of food, it's a bargain and it's worth it. But if you're paying, you know, if you have a 10-year-old child and a 10-year-old pays adult prices, you are your 10-year-old, unless it's like a, you know, your 10-year-old is a six-foot-two boy, uh, you know, your 10-year-old is not going to have that type of an appetite, that they are going to get $75 worth of food every day. So it's not always worth it, you know, and and that's why I say it it has to go by family. Um, Me, personally... You know, with a filet mignon at dinner, I can easily uh, get that, you know, my value up to like $90 worth of food, and I've only paid 75 So in a case like that, it's worth it. Um, but, you know, it, it's always a family-by-family, guest-by-guest basis. So it, it can be a nice option. Um, I think it works well with young kids because the, the child prices are not that bad. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's good to see them coming back as an option because like you said, for some people who want to budget, it, it really, it really makes it worth it. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's just another option, another way to go. There are people who, you know, not even just budget conscious, but there's people who just don't want to be bothered. Right. And, you know, we've both over the years booked trips for, People who just threw the credit card at us and said, right. you know, like, like make it smoke. OK, uh-huh. no problem. It, so it, it goes both ways when it comes to, um, you know, the the dining plans, whether or not they're worth it. I personally, for my, for my family and myself, I don't think that at this point in our lives they're worth it. At one uh-huh. point, I did think they were worth it. Right. I was a bigger fan of Tables of Wonderland. OK. 
you know, because again, Tables of Wonderland gave you 20% off on, on most sit down restaurants. So over time, like you said, if you hit that $75 in one set, you're saving money. Right. With that Tables of Wonderland card, eventually you're going to save money. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I'm happy to see that they are not bringing out the deluxe dining plan, uh, which was, uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, that was three table service meals uh, per day, uh, which, you know, my my deal is not that, you know, my thinking is not that it's just a lot of food, but when you're doing three table service meals a day, that's a lot of time. Yes. Uh, and that's and that's time you're taking away from from attractions, from rides, from character interactions, because each sit down meal, you know, is pretty much uh, timed to take an hour. Correct. You know, so if you're doing three table service meals a day, that's three hours a day. And, and that's a lot of time to, to be sitting in a in an air conditioned restaurant. I mean, I remember when we were kids, there was I believe it was called either the gold key or the grand plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. It was basically, you know, you, you could pretty much walk into Main Street and take a dump on the and they were like, Yeah, no problem, we got you. And uh it was like a royal blue ticket with a golden key on it. Mm-hmm. And it was like you had a special entrance to the park, you ate wherever you wanted, you could take any of the, the mouse boats out, you could play golf, you could do and it was all of that one and inclusive. And mm-hmm. uh I, again, I believe it was called uh the Grand Plan. But it, hmm. it, you know, again, it was something that they used to have back then, you know, back in the 80s. When, right. Uh, but it, it was something that, you know, nowadays you think if they offered something that, like that, I, I mean, how how much would something like that cost? Right. Uh, it's well above my price point at this yes. point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It would, um, it would definitely drain the coffers of the two dudes corp- incorporated. Yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> uh, we might have to sell our microphones. That's it. So Disney also announced that in 2024, they are going to continue to provide extended park time to Disney resort guests Uh, right now for all guests. That includes uh, entry into the park one half hour earlier than the uh, than the published opening time. Uh, Are you guys at the point yet where you're getting to rope drop? Oh, yeah, we've always done. We've never. That's a that's a big part of our, uh, you know. Disney trips were there okay. early. Uh, one of the reasons, you know, usually we stay uh, close to a park, uh, mm-hmm. Boardwalk Polynesian, because we're going to go to the parks for rope drop. You have to rope drop, especially right. kids. Yeah. Okay. And then if you're staying in a deluxe resort or a deluxe villa, uh, you will get extended evening hours on select dates in select parks. So that's a that's a nice perk. And uh, they extend that out to DVC members as well, right? Because you are in a deluxe villa. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, I just, I, the only thing I don't like was they switched it to the half hour, uh-huh. which I, I thought was kind of, you know, cheesy. It's like, if right. you're going to give me a benefit, like 30 minutes, like what's that's one thing, but uh-huh. I'll tell you the, the one park that the extra magic hour in the morning really dominated it was the studios because we would go in, and you know how they were doing this thing, and I, I don't even know if they're still doing it, uh, but I believe they are, Last even last time we were there. You know, the park technically opens at 8, but they're letting people in like 7.45. Right, and they're right? kind of so, queuing people up uh, yeah, at various it, points it, in it, the park. You know, so uh, they would let you in at 7.45 if you were if you were staying in one of the luxe resorts and they were letting you in early. You would go, we would go get right in line for the uh, 
runaway railway. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we got off that, we'd boogie in the back. And usually by the time the park opened, you could bang out uh, Toy Story Mania and then be well into Slinky Dog's line. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that from the standpoint of you were able to get the Runaway Railway, Toy Story Mania, and Slinky Dog before the rest of the park opened. That's you know, a good you, day. Yeah, it was a good day. It was a good good way to do the park. So. Mm-hmm. I still insist that the best time to be at the park is the first hour and a half that it's open. Yeah, and, I, I and, agree with you. And that's because most families, you know, uh, you were the exception to the rule with a what with a seven year old and a seven year old and almost two, almost two year old two year old now. Um, you know, most families with kids that age, it, it takes them a little while to get into the parks, and no, that's why. Up. That's, we got to go. That's know? why I tell everyone, you know, if a park opens at nine, you've got until like 1030 before those families really start rolling in. So right. if you can get there at rope drop that first hour, hour and a half, you can do two, three, four attractions uh, b- before the crowds start to get to gather. And, and you know, the other thing that I've noticed lately, there are random days where there is nobody in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, today was one of them. I actually. Uh, Katie, we you know we were doing our our marital workouts where Katie was running oh, nine miles. Oh, this is still a PG show, Dave. <laughs> Katie was running nine miles around the track, and I walked three laps and went and sat in the car. <laughs> and I, I, you know, again, things that Disney people do that most people don't. I was looking at the times, right? And and Space Mountain had a twenty minute wait. You know, Pirates had like a twenty five minute wait. Thunder had like a twenty minute wait. And it was like, you know, I'm like, it's a Tuesday afternoon. There's no there's no waits. Right. And it's really weird. And I don't know how to explain it because it's like, you know, on a random weekday, you know, it's like one of the parks will be almost empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very weird. But I, I hear the wait time right now for Splash Mountain is about 16 months. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can still buy water on, uh, <laughs> on, you know, on eBay. Right. <laughs> um. And uh, the the last uh, big news for 2024, and, you know, I hate when Disney makes announcements like this. Uh, they said they're going to simplify the Genie Plus experience, right. and it's going right. to uh, give the guests an opportunity to do some of their planning before the day of your park visit. So, uh, you know, two almost two years ago now when they rolled out Genie Plus – uh, they gave you the opportunity to purchase it beforehand if you bought it for the length of your trip. Correct. Uh, then they decided, no, 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 you have to buy it each and every day of your stay. Uh, so it, it became a day of type of purchase. So you could purchase it after midnight, and then you could start making your selections at 7 a.m. the next morning. Um, and, and that, you know, that gets tough. Right. Uh, you have a late night in the park. You get back to your room. You know, that happened to us uh, in our last park visit. We went to a Disney After Hours event. We left the park at 1 a.m. We're back in our room at 1.30. We're asleep at quarter to two. And then I've got to be up at 10 minutes to seven so I can make my uh, virtual queue reservation, my Genie Plus selection, and my individual Lightning Lane selection. See, what I wish they would do is I wish they would create a system that allowed you to reserve your spot in line like, I don't know, say like 180 days ahead of time, and you could reserve three of them. Mm-hmm. See where I'm going with this? Hey, you know you know what I think they should do? I think they should print up a little book with, with lettered tickets. Tickets. <laughs> and, and, and you could uh, choose your selections that way. Um, 
you know, like I said, they gave this very nebulous announcement. More details to come. Right. Um, we don't know when. We don't know what it's going to be related to. But I, I would love to see them do anything that simplifies this process. Yes. You know, here here we go again. Travel agent Tony. You know, it, it's tough to tell your guests. Put the hat on. Put the hat on. It's on. Uh, you know, it's tough to tell your guests that they've got to get up every morning at 7 a.m., you know, on their vacation and start to make selections. Um, so if they could do something even to the day before, you know, 6 p.m. the night before, you can start making your selections. Correct. You know, that would be nice because um, that's a level playing field for everybody. Don't don't do it at check in. Don't do it 60 days in advance. Just do it the night before. I think the that Genie would go Plus along. has gotten like having a gremlin. There's so many uh-huh. nuances and rules. It's like don't get your magwai, you know, wet. Don't feed it. It's just so many simplify. That's all everybody wants. Right, right. Um, I long for the old days of the original FastPass kiosks. Yeah, because you could push the override button on the back when no one was looking. Oh, you oh. could, <laughs> or you could, you know, you just sent the fastest person in your party with all of your park tickets. Tickets, yeah. You know, Run to the kiosk and yeah. get us get us Soren. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know anything they can do to to do that makes it makes it easier. Are you guys big Genie Plus people? Uh, we actually are not. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the annual pass thing. It's like right. You know, we'll wait in line. Usually at the mat, if we're gonna do a full day in the Magic Kingdom, I definitely get it. And if we're gonna do a full day at the studios, I'll definitely mm-hmm. get it. But okay. Epcot, I, I don't see the need. And, uh, you know, or Animal Kingdom again. I mean, there's right. not really, you know, so. I, I, I will admit that we did the individual Lightning Lane selections our last Epcot day uh, only because we did not get in the 7 o'clock virtual queue for Guardians. Okay. And, and I wanted to ensure that we wrote it. Uh, so we did purchase the individual Lightning Lane. Now, that meant that at one o'clock when the second set of uh, virtual queues came up, uh, we were, you know, we had that available to us and we did get a slot then. Um, so we actually had the opportunity to ride it twice. Nice. And what did you think, yes. Tone, being the big roller coaster aficionado that you are? Um, I would ride Tron 60,000 times before I ride Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy again. You'd rather dive headfirst off in Sears Tower into a thumbtack. <laughs> uh yes i might do it one more time with the girls but okay. uh it's it's pretty much a one and done for me okay yeah it's a very disorienting ride if you've never ridden it I, and and as of you know the recording of this only 50 percent of the dudes have ridden tron oh you haven't ridden tron yet? i have not ridden tron yet no wow tron was amazing yeah so very short well, but uh but good yeah we don't have a trip till august oh wow so Finally yeah. did something before you. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. Even Bree has ridden it, and she's a Bree cheese. Bree has ridden it, and she's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has her name in a window at Disney. It's it's very upsetting because it's always been a goal of mine. But if you go in the back of Hollywood Studios, there is a cheese store. All right. So good to know. You know, it's funny you mentioned before that the paper tickets. You you know, I got one last year from Bree, as a matter of fact, for my birthday. Okay. And I don't know what to do with it because it's a complete ticket book from 1978 from Disney world. And it's got all, you know, all of the tickets are in it. Right. And it's like, I always thought, I know when I, when we went to Disneyland, we stayed in the club level at the Disneyland hotel in the club 
they had one of the 1955 original ticket books, mm-hmm. but it was it was cannibalized and all the tickets were ripped out, so it was framed and displayed. Right. And I was like, well, okay, I don't really want to cannibalize it, so I don't know what to do with this thing. Hmm. Such problems I'm, to have. Right. Like I'd love to, you know, I'd love to put it in the Disney room in display, but it's like, how do I display it? Because without ripping like, tickets oh, out. Right. Like, what's that? It's a ticket book. It's all the tickets, though. You, know, you got to open it up to look at it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could fan it open and put it in some kind of a shadow box. Yeah, I don't. What I was actually thinking of doing was going back through and buying, trying to find like like a couple incomplete ones that will make a complete one and then display the complete one. And then with all the parts around it. Ah, that's a good idea. Know? But I just don't know what to do with it. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Well, we'll we'll work on that and update everyone in a future show. Yes, we will. So yes, so uh, I'm sure everybody's sitting on the edge of their seats, waiting to know what you do with that ticket book. Yes, I you Uh, know, and uh, you know, until the next time, I'm Tony. I'm David, and we're two dudes. Two dudes talking talking Disney. Disney. We were way off on that one. We were.